We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks. And we are still here. The 49ers went to Texas and topped the Dallas Cowboys in AT&T Stadium to the tune of 23-17. The very last play of the game. Cowboys had the ball with about 40 seconds left. No timeouts. They drove down the field. The 49ers let them drive down the field. I guess we could say that. And on the very last play of the game with about 14 seconds left, Dak Prescott decided he was going to run a quarterback draw, and he ran the ball, tried to gain every possible yard he could pick up. And by NFL rule, the ball must be placed by an official, which makes perfect sense if you think about it. You can't just have players putting the ball wherever. It has to be placed where it was spotted. Um, the Dallas Cowboys finished the play, and they were waiting for the ref to come up and place the ball. Part of a, a, uh, you know, a drill like that would be for the center to actually hand the ball to the official. He didn't. He stood there in the way. The official tried to get by, had to squeeze by, and place the ball. And by the time he did that, the Cowboys had no more time. The time had expired. The game was over. The 49ers won. And it didn't all come down to that play. That play, had they successfully ran it and given themselves enough time to spike it, uh, they would have had one uh, throw at the end zone from, I want to say, about 30 yards out. But again, you know, it's not like that game or that play defined the game. Uh, It was a a really, really, really back and forth game. Very intense, very stressful, I guess you could say. It just seemed like things had a way of unfolding in a way that just was was making your heart race no matter which side of the coin you were on. Uh, but the 49ers, in the end, got it done thanks to a hot start 
in the first half, the 49ers, which is, you know, not necessarily the case, especially against the Rams last week. The 49ers started out with a touchdown on their first drive, seven plays, 70 yards. And then after that, three drives in a row resulting in points, all field goals, which obviously isn't necessarily ideal, but points are points. And then things got a little messy in the second half. Um, every drive was a punt except for one that resulted in a touchdown on a short field and another that resulted in an interception on their own side of the field. So just an insane game. I know all of you guys listening to this saw it. It's it's not like you need me to tell you what it was, but man, it was just back and forth, back and forth. I felt like that entire second half was the two teams kind of like trading punches in a way. And of course it culminated with a nice shot of some Dallas Cowboys fan uh, crying her eyes out in the stands <laughs> in a way. I mean, you guys know that everybody's got a different cry face and this was, this was not a good cry face. Just, just bawling her eyes out. And then of course I just saw a video on Twitter of a Dallas Cowboy fan throwing a, uh, what looked like a full beer into the TV, ripping the TV, no, for ripping the TV off the wall throwing a few haymakers into the TV, ripping the TV off the wall, throwing it on the ground. And right when it looked like he was about to take a piss all over the TV, what he actually was doing was pulling out a loaded handgun that he had in his shorts, cocked it, and fired off about five rounds into his TV. It looked like he was indoors, too. So that man's ears are ringing. I can promise you that. But that is not going to solve the problem. That is the Dallas Cowboys taking the L to San Francisco in the playoffs and uh man it was uh it was a game and for for most of that game the 49ers looked like the clearly the better squad the 49ers looked like clearly the better squad um they just looked like they had a better game plan the defense for the 49ers absolutely stepped up the entire game we'll get into that in fact let's get into that right now you know what no before we get into that before we before we move on to the the players that were actually on the field. We got to give a shout out. An important shout out. It might have been a, a, a game winning shout out. The 1993-1994 blockbuster video game champion and true international video game superstar in the online gaming community. Dr. Disrespect. Who resides in California. Calls himself a 49ers fan. Traveled to the game, all six foot eight of himself, 37 inch vertical lead, by the way, and was was about two or three rows back throughout the game. Obviously, wasn't hard to pick him out. Fellow streamer, Tim the Tapman, Dallas Cowboys fan, I believe was up in a, a box, a luxury suite, took a picture of Doc sitting in the stands. And, and if you don't know what Dr. Disrespect looks like, one, that's your problem. Two, you got the, uh, the black steel, a.k.a. the bulletproof mullet. You got the Google prototype scopes with built-in LCD, LED, 1080p, 3D, Sony technology. He was dressed in, in full loadout in the game. You have a six-foot-eight individual wearing red sunglasses and a black mullet. Did he even have the headset on? I want to say he even had the headset. Let me look. Let's, let's get on here and, and confirm whether or not he even had his gaming headset on. I got to look. He did. Dr. Disrespect wore his gaming headset to the 49ers-Cowboys playoff game. That is a legend. Could very well be why the 49ers won the game. I have no way to know why that would ever be the case, but we're going with it. So shout out to Dr. Disrespect. 
and I guess we can get to the players. I guess I guess we can talk about them. I mean, whatever. But normally, when we're talking reaction, I always just break it up in terms of offense and defense. And normally, I always start start with the offense. But today, we are starting with a motherfucking defense that held the Dallas Cowboys that I believe dropped a 50 bomb over the last two weeks. At the very least, I know they dropped a 50 bomb last week against the Eagles. They lead the NFL with 31.2 points per game, and this 49ers defense held them to 17 points. One of those scores was done on a short field provided to them by one Jimmy Garoppolo. That is impressive right there. Some of the standouts just purely on the stat sheet. Emmanuel Mosley, 12 total tackles. He's been solid in coverage since he came back, but maybe his biggest benefit to this defense is his ability to come up and tackle. That is impressive. The 49ers defense ended with five total sacks. And let's count up these quarterback hits. This is ridiculous. One, one, two, three. That's four, five, six, one, two, three. That's nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 quarterback hits. That is so impressive. That was that was one of my absolute keys to the game right at the top of the list was the 49ers defensive front getting after Dak Prescott to, to mask whatever struggles the secondary might have. And boy, did they. They got after Dak, like I said, sacked him five times. Quarterback hits, moving him off his spot, keeping him running, forcing incompletions. Dak Prescott finished the game 23 of 43. That's only 53%. That's about 10% off of what we normally would consider acceptable. Only managed 5.9 yards per temp, a touchdown, and an interception for a 69.3 quarterback rating. I don't think he would consider that nice. Y'all know what I mean, but it is what it is. He was under duress the entire game. And the 49ers defense has has every bit to feel great about it. D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator, rookie defensive coordinator, first-year defensive coordinator that I believe is already getting head coaching interviews, deserves every bit of the praise. To, to go into Dallas, go into a hostile environment, and find a way to shut down that offense is nothing short of of outstanding. Kyle Shanahan said after the game that D'Amico Ryans has been unbelievable all year. you got to agree with him. Dealing with the injuries and the rotating players that, that Ryans and the 49ers defense had to deal with and finding ways to consistently stay in that conversation as a top NFL defense despite some kind of glaring holes, especially if you look at the, the rotating corners out there on the perimeter they probably had seven or eight different pairs of corners different combinations of corners out there and they found found a way to get it done and you have to give a shout out to the corners in this game they they were not victimized by these receivers at all like that that going into the game might have been the biggest match match of the game amari cooper cd lamb going up against emmanuel mosley and Ambry Thomas. Well, they weren't they weren't without a catch. Amari Cooper had six of them, but only for 64 yards and a score. Wilson, five catches for 62, 62 yards. CeeDee Lamb, one catch for 21 yards. 
I see you over there, Brandon Ayuk, with five. That was an impressive effort from the secondary. The 49 or the Cowboys' leading receiver was tight end Dalton Schultz, who had seven catches for 89 yards. And I mean, depending on the play, that 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 may uh, most likely wasn't on a corner to begin with. So you gotta tip your hat to the 49ers secondary. Not to mention, can't even forget about the fact that the 49ers nickel corner K1 Williams had the team's only interception. On a very, very impressive play where he read the route, kind of walled off the receiver, was able to put himself in between, not in between, but exactly where Dak Prescott thought his receiver should have been and, and get that interception. That did result in points. So the 49ers secondary and what I considered to be a mismatch in the way that Dallas played offense ended up being a strong suit. They held their, they held their own, and that, and that was impressive in and of its own right. Dallas Cowboys only managed five of 14 third down on third down. Whew, that's rough. That's rough sledding right there. That's rough sledding right there. And most of the times on those thirds downs, they were thrown because the defense found a way to continually put Dallas in third and long situations. The defensive line, like we said, five sacks, despite playing an entire half without Nick Bosa, who we'll get into a little later. You don't have your absolute unequivocal best defensive chess piece on the field and the defensive line still managed to create pressure down in and down out and get the sacks they needed to keep Prescott off his game. It really was. And, and, you know, not even on the pass rush side of things, the 49ers held Dallas to just 77 rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott, Former, what, fourth overall pick, had 12 carries for 31 yards at 2.6 yards a pop. Longest run of the day for Zeke was nine yards. They held the, and that, you know, that includes, that average includes Dak Prescott's little 17-yard scramble there at the end of the game. 77 yards on the game. I believe it was Eric Armstead that said that Dallas Cowboys were 1-5 when they were held to under 100 yards, and now they're 1-6. Because the 49ers held that rushing game to such a low total and it forced everything to go through the air. Like 43 passes for Dak Prescott, and he still only managed to complete 23 of them. That is impressive. Just from an all-around defensive standpoint, for Dak Prescott to throw the ball 43 times and him not have more than 250 yards passing, that is that is impressive. The 49ers defense really was the the absolute gem of that game, and they really do deserve all the credit. Very few mistakes, very few big plays. It was uh, it was an impressive effort. I really just could, cannot say that enough. For for them to go up, up against the league's highest scoring offense and hold them to a strong 17 points. Again, like I said, 7 of those points were were a, I'm not given to them, but they were put in a very very favorable position a very favorable position by a Jimmy Garoppolo interception. Just, you know, ob- the obvious updates that we shouldn't put off. Like I said, Nick Bosa left the game at halftime with a head injury. 
Um, Kiana Martin, 49ers team reporter, said she did talk to Nick's dad, who said that Nick was fine. Uh, I, I You obviously don't want to downplay concussions at all, uh, but if history is any indicator, unless it's, it's a, a bad concussion, um, it, it did look significant. I mean, I, I can't there there's there's probably been plenty of concussions in the NFL that don't look bad that are bad it's really hard you know when it comes to head injuries Nick Bosa was rushing the passer he was kind of falling down uh his head went right into DJ Jones's hip who was kind of coming from the other direction so Nick Bosa's head uh and neck was kind of bent backwards you know and obviously he hit he hit DJ Jones's hip pretty hard that's probably what authored the concussion so I mean again we're not downplaying concussions. You can't. You just can't. Not in today's day and age. Um, but it would seem that Nick Bosa is okay and will likely be able to play against the Packers. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. You just you never know with those things. Now, on the other hand, something that may not be as bright is linebacker Fred Warner, who, man, that was that was a, an emotional journey in of itself, wasn't it? Fred Warner late in the game. Um, I believe it was right after Jimmy Garoppolo's interception. As the Cowboys were moving down the field to eventually score, Fred Warner went down. And Tony Romo said on the broadcast that it looked like it was a non-contact injury. And Fred Warner's laying there, kind of rolling in pain, holding his right knee. I'm not going to say it, but y'all know what it looks like. Well, as time went on, the broadcast kind of clarified and said that it it was no longer being designated a knee injury, but it was an ankle injury and that Fred Warner was actually testing it out on the sideline trying to come back. So Fred Warner did not end up coming back into the game, but no matter what, you can consider that a positive because all signs point to a serious knee injury and it ended up being an ankle. Now, that does not solve the 49ers problems in terms of next week's game against the Cowboys. I said Cowboys, excuse me, Packers. But we'll see. I mean, the, the obviously the chances are much better now that Fred Warner plays than what we feared that injury would be. But we'll see. You know, if it's a high ankle sprain, then, uh, you know, you can – he shouldn't play. You know, the odds are very good that he won't play. But if it's not, if it's something low ankle, something they can tape up, something that Fred Warner can medicate through and just get his ass out on the field – uh, then we'll see. Kyle Shanahan said in the press conference that they'll do more tests tomorrow, and he's Kyle said he has a chance. So, at the very least, we know we've escaped season-ending types injury, and that was a huge relief because everything about that scene looked season-ending. So, good on him. You know, hopefully he's okay. Obviously, you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, who's already shown how much respect he has for Fred Warner, who Aaron Rodgers believes is the best linebacker in the game. 49ers are going to need him. So we'll see where that goes. That is that's probably the top, I don't know, storyline to monitor throughout the week. Is is Fred Warner going to be able to play? How bad was that injury? We'll see. We'll see. The fact that he was testing it out on the sideline during the game is a good sign. So all in all, you just you have to be just so impressed with that 49ers defense that just went in there and shut it down. Shut it down. And then on the other side of the coin, you have a a 49ers offense that did what it had to do. Did enough. We'll say that. The 49ers offense that did enough. And you cannot, you can no longer talk about the 49ers offense without 
talking about Debo Samuel, who has just established, I mean, I guess we've already known this. We've seen it happening. But Debo Samuel has just established himself as the an NF genuine NFL star. One of the best offensive players in the NFL at this point. Can, do you guys agree? I mean, like he just and he's one not not only is he one of the premier offensive stars in the NFL now, but he's one of if not the most unique player in the NFL currently. Debo Samuel finished with 3 catches for 38 yards. He also had 10 carries for 72 yards and one of the more impressive postseason touchdown runs I've seen in a while. And you know what makes that run even more impressive? And that was right after Kwan Williams' interception, which makes it all that sweeter. What makes Debo Samuel's run even more impressive is in his postgame interview, Debo Samuel said, when Kwan got that interception, I looked at Kyle and said, hey, just give me the ball, I got you. Samuel said, and then he went out there on the next play and scored. It was a run play to the right. It was blocked up well, but it was blocked up in an untraditional. It wasn't blocked up traditionally. Uh, It was meant to be an outside run, but the the Cowboys kind of over-pursued it. All of the 49ers players blocking out there held their man. Debo Samuel was able to cut back, dart down the middle of the Cowboys defense, right in between two defenders, kick on the gas, and outrun both of them for the score. Like I said, one of the most impressive postseason touchdown runs I've seen in a while. And for Debo Samuel to essentially Babe Ruth that shit and call his shot, I mean, that is some special stuff right there. That, uh, I mean, I don't know how many times that has happened, but, you know, how many times a player has actually called his shot, but that's fucking cool. And like I've said, like, Debo Samuel to me, here's what Debo Samuel is to me. Any of you guys out there ever watch, used to watch Power Rangers? Maybe I'm a little old or maybe I'm a little young, for, but the Power Rangers used to call in their little their little dinosaurs, their dinosaur machines, and then they'd all roll up. And then every now and then on a great episode when they faced a huge challenge, they had to combine them to face, you know, into one huge machine where they all worked together. I feel like whatever the most important element of that machine is, that's Debo Samuel. Like whichever element you can't lose, the centerpiece, the chest, or the head, where they all sit and and control the Debo Samuel is that. Like wh- whatever whatever other crappy analogy you can come up with, Debo is the absolute engine of this 49ers offense now and there is no going back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The 49ers have put themselves in a position where Debo Samuel needs to be on this team for a long time. And that's not an easy position to be in because Debo Samuel seemed like he was kind of on one of those careers where he's going to struggle with injuries. And then this season, he just explodes. And now he is one of the most valuable offensive players in the NFL. And the 49ers just cannot be happier to have a guy like that that will call a shot, that will get out there and change the game. Debo Samuel's a game changer. And, man, it is fun to watch. Fun to watch, right? I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Like, watching Debo Samuel play that game, he is now a player that offenses are going to, excuse me, that defenses are going to have to stay up late game planning for. And the 49ers are in an incredible position because if you want a game plan for Debo Samuel and sacrifice some of your integrity to stop him, well, then we'll take our George Kittle, we'll take our Brandon Ayuk, and we'll we'll move on down the field. But, man, Debo Samuel's something else. For, it got a little rough there in the fourth quarter, though. Seemed like the 49ers, and more specifically, Jimmy Garoppolo, was doing everything in their power to make that a close game. One of the close calls was George Kittle's Oh, man. So, obviously, I'm sure you saw the play. 49ers tried to uh, target George Kittle on like a screen to the left, you know, with a couple blockers in front of him. It was an underthrown pass. George Kittle plucked it up off the turf, tried to fight for yards, fumbled, and would have given the Cowboys back in prime, given the ball back in prime scoring position down six points. That looked like the end of the game right there. I mean, you can't say end of the game because there's still time left, but that looked like the nail in the coffin right there. That just looked like one of those plays that just changes the game. But the pass was incomplete. It actually hit the ground right before it worked its way into George Kittle's hands. And boy, did that just change the game right there. Man, that was the luckiest incomplete pass the 49ers might have ever had. But boy, hold on to the ball there, George. Hold on to the ball. I don't care that you didn't catch it. 
hold on the ball. The offensive line didn't allow a single sack all day. Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Mika Parsons didn't allow a single sack all day. Damn. I mean, we're so used to, and of course they're not necessarily, you know, they're a few years removed of being the absolute cream of the crop when it came to offensive lines, but we're so used to Dallas Cowboys receiving the praise of an, of an, of a, just a studded offensive line. And it was the 49ers that really played like that to get today. They didn't give up a single sack. They allowed the offense to, to run the ball. It was an impressive effort from that offensive line. Trent Williams gets his first playoff win of his 12-year career. He said after the game that winning that game felt better than any accolade he could ever have. And this was in the same week, right, as being named first-team All-Pro. So, man, what a performance by the offensive line. That is That might not get talked about enough. The 49ers run game were averaged to, were able to average 4.4 yards a carry. And that's enough. That's enough in this league. That is enough. And not give up a single sack. Elijah Mitchell behind his offensive line was able to grind out 27 carries for just under 100 yards. 96, 3.6 yards a carry and one touchdown. That's what the 49ers needed to do. We knew we uh, for some for some reason the 49ers have established that that 40 carry mark is like the sweet spot for them. That's what they want to do. And they ran the ball 38 times, which is right in that money spot. A, a total of 169 nice yards. You know, that really the run Elijah Mitchell did a great job. Obviously Debo Samuel did an incredible job with what he was given. Um, but the hat tip has to go to the offensive line that just played a well-rounded game of allowing the 49ers to run the ball, getting the blocks it needed, and protecting Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the game. I mean, that's that's special stuff right there. That's special stuff. And then I guess, you know, I should have I should have mentioned this earlier. I don't want to necessarily end on a sour note, but it really did seem like short of you know, another interception. Jimmy Garoppolo did absolutely everything he could to make this a close game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a great game. He made a couple great throws, but it wasn't enough in my opinion. And and if you've been listening to me for any extended period of time, you know I'm I'm far from a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. Um, but it was just not enough against Dallas. He went 16 of 25, which is 64%. That's average. That's fine. 172 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt. Nice. No touchdowns and interception, and he's 64, 67.4 quarterback rating. And what, what a lot of the problems you don't see on that stat sheet. I believe it was the first half where Jimmy Garoppolo hit Brandon Ayuk on a deep pass, and I believe that drive had to settle for a field goal. Jimmy Garoppolo hit Brandon Ayuk running down the field, and I'd have to go back and look at it again, but I saw it twice, and it looked like if Jimmy Garoppolo would have thrown a pass that even remotely kept Brandon Ayuk moving forward and running in stride, he would have scored. I couldn't see the other safety, but the one I could see was was coming from like the middle of the field, headed his direction, and forced Brandon Ayuk to cut inside. 
But had Jimmy Garoppolo just thrown some semblance of a ball that kept Brandon Ayuk even jogging forward, it might have been a touchdown. But instead, it was pretty badly underthrown. Brandon Ayuk had to stop, catch it, dodge a defender, got tackled shortly after. And, you know, when, when you were talking about a game that came down to six points, uh, you know, turning one of those three consecutive field goals into a touchdown would have been huge. He underthrew Brandon Ayuk on that play, and then he overthrew him in the third half, or excuse me, in the third half, in the second half. I believe it was the third quarter on a drive. It might have been the fourth. I wish I would have gone in there and, and found that exact play. It was third down. Jimmy Garoppolo had a wide open Brandon Ayuk down the left sideline. Um, he looked like he kind of ran like a deep out maybe 15 to 20 yards down the field, ran a deep out, and Jimmy Garoppolo just sailed it straight over him. Wide open. Defender was – it was actually uh, Trevon Diggs. And uh, Brandon Aikwin ran a wonderful route, got wide open, and Jimmy Garoppolo just misses him, sails it right over him. And that would have – you know, that was the third down and a drive that would have been able to kill a lot of clock and possibly result in points, but it was another missed throw. And those ones are tough to swallow. You know, when the game is coming down to it, when when you're getting down towards the fourth quarter, time's ticking, you, you just can't miss stuff like that. Like it, if it was a tight window throw that just didn't get completed, then sure. But it wasn't. It was, it was a wide open throw that he just sailed right over his head. You know, then he had the ugly interception. I believe in the fourth quarter, no, third quarter. No, fourth quarter, excuse me. Yep. First drive of the fourth quarter, Jimmy Garoppolo interception. Dallas got the ball on the 49ers 28-yard line. Five plays later, took it into a took it in for a score. And, you know, it's it's the fucking fourth quarter. Like you've managed to play uninspiring, but play a turnover-free football for three quarters. And then your first drive of the fourth quarter, you throw an ugly pass. Jimmy Garoppolo rolled out to his right, throwed it right over the top of Trent Sherfield, straight into the arms of of a Dallas defender who almost took it for six, but was tackled at 28 and then they took it in for a touchdown later. You know, when a defense at that point has in, you're now in the fourth quarter and the defense has held the Dallas Cowboys to 10 points. You just, you can't do that shit. You cannot put them in that position. And it was a horrible throw. And Jimmy Garoppolo knew it. He said in the press conference, yeah, it just sailed on me, you know, and, and that's great, but you can't have those every game. You know, we we will tolerate a Jimmy Garoppolo throw every now and then, but you can't do it every game because eventually your team's not going to be able to overcome it. And then you've got the the fourth and inches quarterback sneak where, I don't know why, but Trent Williams had the motion and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't. It was fourth and inches. Initially, Debo Samuel, an incredible play call, by the way, from Kyle Shanahan, did kind of like that, not a reverse, but kind of a reverse handoff. And Debo Samuel took it right to the sticks, and and he was down maybe an inch or two short of the marker. When they showed the replay, I thought it was pretty clear that he didn't get it. Initially, he was given the first down on the field, but they didn't give it to him, uh, and that was to ice the game. If they, if they would have held that call that the 49ers got that first down, the game would have been over. They would have just ran out the clock. Dallas Cowboys had already used their timeouts, but they called it a couple inches short, which, like I said, watching, looking at that replay, it did look short. 
uh, but close. I didn't. I thought it was so close that they weren't going to change it because there's just how would you know? And the, but the, the, the guy's just like, I'm going to respot it and remeasure. Like, okay, just say they were short, bro. We got it. Fourth and inches. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't give Trent Williams time to get set. Even Kyle Shanahan said in the press conference that Jimmy Garoppolo got too excited based off a look he was seeing. Snaps the ball. Trent Williams flagged for a false start because he was not set. And 49ers are forced to punt. Mitch Wisnowski punts the ball uh, into the Cowboys end zone. Cowboys get to start on the 20 and go from there. And then obviously we know that that it ended up the 49ers ended up holding them off. Um, or the Cowboys ended up shooting themselves in the foot, whatever you want to call it. Another rough game for special teams, too. Another rough game for special teams who give up gave up a fourth down fake punt in a situation where the the 49ers left their defense out there. But Josh Norman found a way to contribute one last time, you would think. So all right, so back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Couldn't hold his water on the quarterback sneak. Threw that ugly interception. Missed Brandon Ayuk on a couple throws that are either continuing essential drives or resulting in seven points instead of three. I mean, here's my thing, man. Jimmy Garoppolo is an eight-year veteran. You are an eight-year veteran going on your somewhere between fourth and fifth year as a starter. In the 49ers offense, this should not be shit that we still deal with. Especially the quarterback sneak shit. Like, that's just basic elementary level quarterbacking. You look around, you make sure your offense is set, and then you go. You only need a couple inches. I would be willing to bet the quarterback sneak success rate when you only need a couple inches is probably like 90%. 90%. Like, you know, it, it was almost a gimme, but it's a Jimmy Garoppolo experience. So, I mean, I don't want to end on a negative note. You know, obviously, you got, like, y'all know I'm thrilled to be able to be here. And, and talk about another 49ers win as their season continues one more week. But Jimmy Garoppolo did not play a good game. And now they're facing the number one seed Green Bay Packers in Green Bay on Saturday evening at 515. It's going to be cold. And the 49ers, if they want to beat Green Bay, they are going to have to play mistake-free football. And Jimmy Garoppolo has not been playing mistake-free football and as and as as much as the 49ers may prefer the fact that the cold ass weather may may make the running game king i don't think the packers are going to have any problems throwing in this weather because that's where they practice and you best believe they're going to be out there all week in the freezing ass cold throwing the ball around to make sure they can do whatever they want in this game but for the 49ers who do their damn thing in california they're going to want to run the ball and what times during the, the times where they're forced to throw the ball, they're going to need to know that when they ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do it, he's going to do it. And you just can't have all those mistakes that just had the defense not been playing lights, lights out. I mean, it's easy to say now, but had the defense. I, I, here's what I'm really trying to say. I don't believe this was a winning effort from Jimmy Garoppolo. It was enough, but it was enough because the defense was shutting down the Cowboys. Again, a Cowboys offense that averages 31 points a game and the 49ers gave them defense, gave them 17. Even though you might want to put seven of that on Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's Jimmy Garoppolo has to play a winning brand of football. He he needs to tighten that up a little bit so that the team has a chance to go into Lambeau 
and come away with the upset. 49ers have a lot of momentum. This is kind of like their second playoff win. They had to beat the Rams to get in. The Rams are a playoff team. They beat the Rams in large part to Jimmy Garoppolo and a uh, and a and a game-winning drive. Then they went to Dallas and they beat the Cowboys. Man, that sounds good to say, doesn't it? Now they've got to go to Lambeau, one of the hardest places to play in this time of year and find a way to get it done. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a massive part of that. And he needs to play better than he played against the Cowboys. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And obviously one thing to, you know, it, it seems as if Nick Bosa is going to play. It's, you know, it seems that way. Hopefully his concussion is not severe enough to where he can't clear the protocol by the end of the week. A little bit short over week two. It is Sunday. I'm recording this on a Sunday and the 49ers are playing on Saturday. And the Packers had that bye week. So that's a slight edge to the Packers. That's one less day the 49ers have to prepare for a Packers team that's got to sit around and watch football today and get healthy. So the odds are definitely stacked in the Packers' favor. They're against the 49ers. Um, so you need every person you can get. So hopefully Nick Bosa clears – he's okay and clears concussion protocol. And then, you know, another big big uh, question mark is Fred Warner. How is the ankle going to be? What's the severity? Is he going to be able to suit up for that game? Or is it more serious and they just don't know it yet after these more tests? We'll see. But the 49ers – beat the Cowboys 23-17, and now face the Green Bay Packers with the NFC Championship on the line. Not on the line and going to the NFC Championship on the line. Better way of saying that. Man, 49ers beat the Cowboys. It's an impressive win for this team, man. I'm just trying to, to end on my own feelings. No matter what happened in that game, for the 49ers to do what they've done, for the 49ers to to have the second half of a season like they've had, to find a way to to beat the Rams, to find a way to beat the Cowboys. I mean, that you might not be the team that's favored to go all the way to the Super Bowl, but you're a team that is finding a way to get it done. Finding a way to get it done. I mean, let me let's go through this. Okay. Let's go all the way back to the first time the 49ers beat the Rams in week 10, when it seemed like that maybe because they just had that horrible loss to the Cardinals where they couldn't even handle Colt McCoy. And then they beat the hell out of the Rams. And and it was like, wait, was that loss to the Cardinals a wake-up call? Since that point, win, win, win. Loss, win, win, loss, win, win. And then you've got the win today against the Cowboys. The 49ers have just been on fire since that game. I didn't even I wasn't even able to count how many wins that is. One, two, three, three. Let's just let's let's do this methodically here. One and oh, two and oh, three and oh, three and one, four and one, five and one, five and two, six and two, seven and two, eight and two. Eight and two over the past over the last ten games. Eight and two. That and and you know obviously those last two wins are against the Rams and a Cowboy, you know playoff caliber teams. So the 49ers are for real. You know it's just it's going to take a an outstanding performance 
to beat the Packers. They almost beat the Packers earlier in the season. You know, the 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 they were able to pull off some under a minute heroics between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but that was week three at Levi's Stadium. Now we're talking about week 20 in Lambeau Field. A high of 20 degrees, a low of 2 degrees. There's going to be wind. It's going to feel like 15 degrees below zero. I'd be willing to bet. You know they always do those real feel things. It's going to feel like 10 or 15 degrees below zero, and the 49ers got got to find a way to get the job done. But hey, that's playoffs as a six seed. The Eagles lost, so there's no chance that uh, the 49ers are going to get to come back to Levi Stadium. They've got to go on Saturday to face the number one seed in their house, and they've got to find a way to get it done. That's exciting shit right there. Well, you already know what time it is. I appreciate you. And I am so happy to be able to be jumping on here and recording this podcast after another 49ers win. They made their way into the playoffs, and they are still here after defeating the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. Let's go. I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy just for for the 49ers and making a damn thing of it. Making doing the damn thing. I cannot wait to see what miracle they can pull off against the Green Bay Packers because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take, man. It's just you know, y'all know y'all know that environment. 49ers know that environment well up there at Lambeau. You know, you can just you can see Colin Kaepernick cutting his way through that that cold weather without them sleeves. I know that's the first thing that comes up. Finding a way to get it done against uh, against Green Bay in the playoffs. That seems like a thing the 49ers are accustomed to doing, but this one's going to be different. All right, guys. We will be back on here later this week to break down the 49ers, whatever news has come up throughout the week, and break down their game against the Packers in the divisional round of the 2021-22 playoffs. I appreciate you. Thank you for jumping on here and listening to Striking Gold. Um Man, one hell of a season, and I appreciate everybody that's been here throughout it. One hell of a ride. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. We'll see you later this week. We are signing out. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.